You're listening to Restaurants Reinvented, a podcast created to help modern marketers elevate their game and drive rapid growth. Join your host, Jen Kern, the CMO at Q, as she dishes with restaurant marketing pros who are leading the industry with creative branding, marketing, and guest engagement strategies. Get ready to be inspired by thought-provoking stories from your fellow marketers. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Restaurants Reinvented. I'm Jen Kern, your hostess here at the show. And today I'm joined with Erin Levzo, the VP of Marketing Technology at Del Taco. And she's new in that position, so I'm really excited to hear everything that's going on at Del Taco between marketing and technology and hopefully bringing it all together. Hi, Erin. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining. I'm really excited. I'm actually doing Taco Month. By the oh, way. wonderful. So I think, was it October 3rd was like National Taco Day? So I did Fuzzies last week, Laura Purser from Fuzzies. Doing you this week. And then I'm trying to get torchies. I'm hoping for torchies oh, too. Oh, nice. So we'll have nice. three taco chains in a row. And um, we like torchies. Living in Texas, I love eating torchies. Yeah, well, the problem is I'm an East Coast girl. So oh, yeah. I've never been to Del Taco or Torchies. And I oh, had never, no. yeah, I know. It's terrible. And I'd never been to Fuzzies either. But you know what? There's one in Charlottesville. I got in the car this weekend with my husband. We did a two and a half hour road trip to go to Fuzzies. It was awesome. What else is there to do? What else is right? there to do right now? I taste this food. I'm like salivating. They mm-hmm. have a new fried chicken taco. Yeah, we have crispy chicken. It's delicious. Oh. Okay. And we just launched Cholula Crispy Chicken Tacos. Oh, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. So let's hear about you and give our listeners a little background. I know you've been around and you've actually been a CMO. You have mm-hmm. a really strong background in the industry and in other industries. So just where have you been and what led you to where you are today at Del Taco? Yeah, absolutely. I guess long story short, I have worked in many industries, retail, restaurant, hotel, hospitality, casino. I grew up in Illinois, lived in Vegas for 10 years, then went to Dallas, then to Austin. Now I live up in Wisconsin, but I work for a West Coast company. I have worked on the agency side in marketing technology, and I grew up through technology. So my first job was in internet marketing for Caesars Corporate And so I never came from a traditional side to learn the digital side. That was my bread and butter. So it was a nice, easy transition to understanding technology and how people think about it. I first joined the restaurant industry when I left Vegas and I loved Vegas. I loved living in Vegas. The only reason I really left is because I decided I wanted to raise my kids somewhere more like where I grew up. I thought and I didn't really know. Like I had a kid and I had like baby amnesia and was like, (laughs) let's leave. Let's go somewhere. And so we moved to Dallas and I worked for Wingstop Restaurant. And that was, I remember in the interview, someone asking me like, what's your favorite wing? And I was like, I've never really had wings. I don't really like them. And I remember thinking, like I told my husband about that and he goes, you are so not getting the job. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Should I have lied? And he's like, yeah, you should have lied. I was like, oh, okay. But they gave me the job and now I love wings and I love lemon pepper wings. If anybody asks, I really do. They're so my favorite. When you were saying which one, that's, we get the lemon pepper and the obey. Yeah. Yes. So good. And they're good. Like I'll eat them cold because they're so good. Like I'll stick them in the fridge and keep eating them. Oh, now I love them. And it's funny because everywhere like I've worked, I grow to love the product, but it turns out you don't have to be a wing connoisseur to be a good marketer. You don't have to stay in hotels all the time to be able to market hotel rooms. So I don't think that's a bearing on my marketing skills. I think it's really just, are you going to love what you get to be around all the time? So now Wingstop led me to Austin to Freebirds, which also wasn't a huge, like I didn't eat a lot of burritos before working there. And now I'm like, I love burritos. Why wouldn't you want all your food wrapped together? Like, that's great. That's how I feel about breakfast tacos now too. Like, why would I eat any of these foods separately? Like they should always be rolled together. And then up to Milwaukee, where I worked most recently for Marcus Hotels and Resorts as their CMO and received a great opportunity about, I don't know, five weeks ago now to work for Del Taco and we'll continue to stay in Wisconsin and I'll go out to California or wherever I'm needed, whenever I'm needed and get to talk about tacos. Yes. Love it. And for folks that aren't familiar with Del Taco, quick overview, number of locations, how did it get started? So it was started many, many years ago. So it's been around longer than I even realized it was around when I was researching it. They have 600 restaurants and continuing to grow. They have both corporate and franchised restaurants, which is amazing to be able to have work for a company that 
not only they're say, hey, we have a stake in the game, but then they also have franchise restaurants. And so being able to work with our franchisees, and it's been a while since Wingstop where I was really working day in and day out with franchisees. And I really enjoy it because they care most about their business. They're supposed to. Del Taco serves tacos. They have the Dell burger. You can get burgers and crinkle fries and the fries. You can get loaded fries with just about any topping you can imagine on it. They have many different types of tacos, burritos, everything. USR Plus, right? So it kind of sits in a nice area between a Taco Bell and a Chipotle, which is really nice. But yeah, it's been a wild ride and I'm still learning. Yes. Yes. And what's the split between franchisee and corporate? I believe it's around 200, 400. So 200 corporate. Okay. Yeah, that is great. in that number, but I'm sure my website would tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That is an interesting because usually it's like all franchisees Mm -hmm. or all corporate or just Mm -hmm. a couple corporate and then the rest franchisees. So that is an interesting balance there. And that's Um, how Marcus was because we had Hilton's and Marriott's and those are franchised concepts as well. Very similar. Yeah. So got your start in internet marketing. I haven't heard that term in a while. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Internet marketing. Yeah. I remember when digital first infused with marketing and that was all the rage, right? The Mm -hmm. web marketing, internet marketing. And I was so encouraged when I saw your promotion and the position and the title being vice president of marketing technology. Because like I said, I haven't seen that in this industry yet. And obviously the timing is very good. Restaurants have been a little behind when it comes to technology (laughs) for all the right reasons. The brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. it's hard to integrate it all. And now it's boom, got to have it, got to have it. So tell me about some of the things that you've done in the past in terms of you really cutting your teeth in internet marketing and in technology and what you're bringing to Del Taco today. So it used to be, I liken it to when I was little, I was like, do I want to be a famous actor? Do I want to be a lawyer? And being a lawyer, you study for years and you need that wealth of knowledge and you pull from that all the time. In digital marketing, you do the same. You pull from it, but you're also creating new. So digital is always different all the time and ever changing. So it's funny when you said internet marketing was kind of the old school term. It totally was. And in internet marketing, that's where we were talking about, like, that's where your original ad networks were, right? First, you bought Site Direct. You were like, I need to talk to CNN. Like, I need to be on their website. And then it was like, no, I can buy through an ad network. And that ad network was going to bring all these pieces, these specific sites together. And then they bought them up front and they would tell you and we're going to buy these specific banner ads on your site. And then it kept changing. And now we're talking about programmatic and real-time bidding and on the DSPs and I can do white glove service or not white glove service. And you think about that was really only like 10 years ago that we were talking about site direct. And now we're talking about here's how we can bid. And I explain it to folks that work with me. Imagine that movie, I think it's Inside Out or Upside, the cartoon movie about emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like in like inside of a brain and it's a little stock exchange and they're bidding on this inventory in real time. And I said, that's what we get to do every day. How exciting is that? Each job I've been able to take that and cultivate it. And so restaurant wise, working at Wingstop, we had online ordering. But when I started there, it was so archaic that like you had to try and do math to order wings (laughs) because... They'd be like, do you want to order the 30 piece? But you couldn't be like, I want 15 and 15. So you had to start plugging in and it wouldn't add them up. So at the end, it would be like wrong. And you'd be like, what did I do wrong? Oh, 15 and 10 and five. Is that not 30? (laughs) I thought I did 30. I don't know. We rolled out an entire new online ordering platform and people kept going, well, wings are easy to order. Well, no, because you have boneless and bone in and you have 11 different flavors and there's multiple variations and people want half bone in, half this or five of this and 20 of this and so many, there's literally thousands of combinations. So building kind of a sliding rule where you could choose how many of each and you didn't have to do math was a really big deal. And so taking that and growing, I went to Hathaway where I worked on the agency side, working in MarTech and messaging architecture and CRM and loyalty on many different big brand clients. But it always changed. Everything I've done, and the reason I tell the beginning story is because the same way I do it today is not the same way I did it yesterday or the day before that. And what I have is a nice foundation to grow off of and history to pull from, but every day I'm learning something new. And there's still days where someone will say, here's how we built it. Why did we build it that way? Why are we doing it that way? So I think that has helped lead me to this role and what we can build for the future. But I'll tell you, I'm probably going to learn something new tomorrow about how we're going to build it too. Yeah. I love that. Digital is always changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was telling you, I was at Restaurant Next, the 
restaurant technology network and same people that do Murtech, hospitality tech puts on the last two days. And there's a lot of new stuff out there. And I'm thinking, dang, these poor operators, <laughs> like they were bombarded with tech before. And now there's so many new shiny, like how are we going to do curbside faster? How are we going to do contactless? How are we going to do voice AI, like all these mm-hmm. things. And for me, I kind of went back and I thought, wow, like that's a lot. And <laughs> you all have a lot on your plate. So (laughs) where are you focused today? I'm still learning. However, I think when you talk to marketers, and I'm not dissimilar, we all want a one-stop shop, but not every one stop has the best in breed of everything. And that's the hardest part. So then you have all these folks who have the best one piece of the product. And so tying it all together. So making sure your foundation is safe and stable. And I think of it as if you build your house out of twigs, I explain it to my kids too, the foundation of anything. It's the three little pigs mentality. If you build it out of sticks, it's going to fall down. And that's what I'm doing right now is just, let's look at the foundation. What do we have going on and how do we build up from there? The great news is Del Taco has been around for a long time and they actually have a really solid foundation in place. And that's really exciting and fun. And I was able to join. My boss is amazing. Our CEO is amazing. They want to cultivate marketing and grow it. And they have lofty aspirations, but not unruly. They're not asking for the world on a shoestring budget. They're really looking at it realistically, which is exciting. That foundation is so important. Can you share a little bit with our listeners about what makes up your strong foundation and how are you tying all those things together? I know one of the releases said that it emphasizes that in your role, your strategic and your integrated programs. So how are you tying all these things and what are the things that you're tying together? And even if we can get into talking about APIs, I would love it. So we do have an app currently that people can download. And if you download our app, I believe you get two free tacos just for downloading the app, which is outstanding in case anybody's listening and they're hungry. We have email and that's all integrated under our punch platform, which has been around for a while now. And that is a really solid foundation. Punch works with a lot of restaurants in the space. And we do look at our data seriously, but that's where I would say we have the foundation and integration that way, whether it's through reporting or whatever it might be. And then in the future, that's what we can build off of and up for. I would say that what does our future hold? I think my press release actually said it has a focus in loyalty and CRM. And I would tell you that's what our future holds is what does that look like? Now, I think the word loyalty gets a really bad rap. I think people think of loyalty, they think of, okay, come in nine times, get the 10th free or earn X amount of points. And like, I don't think about it that way. I think about loyalty as like, when I used to do training and development, we would say loyalty is creating employees who have a sense of purpose and pride that creates loyalty. And so how do you give that to a customer? How do you help incite the feeling that there's purpose behind what they're doing, eating and think about the brands that you love. There's purpose there, right? You feel like you're helping something, you're giving back. Maybe you feel good about the way the product was made or the care that was taken into it. And then pride, meaning you want to tell people you ate it, right? You're like, Hey, look what I'm doing. That creates loyalty. And how do you do that? I think the word personalization gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I always ask people, what does that mean to you? What is personalized? And they're like, personalized, like they're just talking to me. And I was like, so it's a feeling. You're saying like personalization is a feeling? And they're like, well, no, it's like, how do you make sure my offer is different from their offer? And I was like, that's not necessarily personalization as much as maybe micro segmentation. And you start to get into a really big argument or conversation around what is personalization? And everybody keeps saying, we have a personalized experience. Do you? Or yeah. is it just like you took mass segmentation and you took it one step down and now you're calling it personalized or micro segmentation then to personalization. But I don't know very many brands who have truly personalized service. Yeah. I think a lot of times... And budget-wise, it's better to do micro-segmentation. You might see the same results. So like I said, I have a lot of opinions on this landscape. Again, going back to the one-stop shop, if it was that easy, that would be fantastic. I don't think it will or is. So because of that, I think that's where those API integrations have to be really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. It's interesting nowadays, anybody you talk to goes, oh yeah, we have APIs. We can plug anything in. But when you start to really get in the weeds, you're like, but can you? And who's writing this? Am I writing to you or are you writing to me? And how is that working? And that's been the fun part. So like, I'm not a big believer in RFPs because I think an RFP actually, it's like a meaningless conversation you get out of the way in order to get to the meat of the conversation. I'd rather yeah. jump to the meat of the conversation. Yeah. Well, I agree with you on that one. We definitely agree with you on that one. Sometimes we have people come and say, hey, we're going to put an RFP together and we're like, wait, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool. 
Now tell me within the organization, where are you sitting? I mean, obviously I know you're reporting to the CMO, mm-hmm. but tell me how you're interfacing with the tech team. Yes. Because it sounds like a lot of the things you're doing are clearly, there's that gray line, right? CRM. Yeah. So the good news is I get to be friends with everyone. So nothing I do ever in my entire life can be done without operations support. So if it can't come to life in a restaurant, there's no point in doing it, right? I can create the coolest castle, but if no one's coming to my castle, it doesn't matter. So operations is always my best friend. Finance, really close because I like to believe that everything I do works and makes us lots of money, in which case I like to make them my best friend too. And then now tech. So IT. And I can't say enough about how easy this team is to work with. And I've worked in many different organizations with many different IT and technology teams, some easier than others. But I think part of it is because I can speak and straddle the language. So I can speak the marketing language and I can speak the technology IT language. Definitely not as well as they can, but enough that like I understand and appreciate what they're doing and how that helps. I think a lot of times you have those departments at odds with each other in other companies where marketing saying, hey, I want to do this. And IT's, well, it doesn't fit on our roadmap. So we actually have all these other things to handle. And I think in this case, it's been really, really beautiful. I do report to the CMO, but I have the ability to cross over and have those conversations with IT. And there is open communication. And it's not just between our departments. It's all departments as far as I've seen, again, five weeks in. So maybe I have rose-colored goggles on, but there really is this openness, this communication layer of, hey, we're just sharing what's happening and how we're doing because we all have the same goal, which is to drive restaurant sales. There's no secret goal. There's really no egos, which I say that hesitantly because I don't know that I've ever felt that so strongly here that there really is no egos. Like people are really open and they just want whatever's right for the business. That's what we're going to do and move forward with, which is pretty impressive. So I speak both sides. That's awesome. That's great. And how are you building out your team? What does your team look like in terms of roles and responsibilities? Again, my role's brand new. Didn't exist before me. So I think the sky is the limit. I have a director and then we have two managers. And for the first time ever, my entire team is all men. I don't think I've ever joined a company where my entire team is all men. And I was super psyched about it. I was like, oh, there's so much we get to talk about and geek out on. It's going to be great. And I was also a little intimidated, to be honest, because I've never had that before. And so one of the things we did right out of the gate was to do the Gallup Strength Finder and understand each other and what our strengths are and what does that look like? And it turns out mine are completely opposite of everybody on my teams. So I flat out said, I said, I'm going to annoy the shit out of you. I am really sorry. I like to communicate verbally. They're like, we're going to write you an email, but they are a great team. And I think, like I said, because it's a new role, because it's kind of a new focus, we have a lot of opportunity and a lot of runway in front of us. Nice. I love that. Well, you're getting it out of the way, right? Okay, here it is. <laughs> here's who I am. Here's who you are. <laughs> we'll build I don't from here. It. This is what you get. This is yeah, what it that's, looks like. That's such a great way to start in a new position like that. Do the strengths finder or whatever it is. I've talked about Enneagram with people on here and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of different personality tests out there now. But having that opening that book with your team and being like, and looking at yourself. I've found myself, I've changed a lot over the years in, in my management you know, role and approach. And so what does that mean? How am I changing personally? And then how does that impact the team? And how do I want to lead? Yep. So my top five are woo, which is like influencing others, or as my parents call it, manipulative. I don't think that just sounds negative. I was like, no, I think it's winning others over. It's positivity. So I really do like to look at the world and through positive outlook. I believe that like, to me, the word no means nothing. Like yesterday, I spoke to a bunch of Illinois State University. That's where I went to college. Freshmen, I believe they're all freshmen in the College of Fine Arts, which is what I went to school for. And they were like, how do you not give up? And I was like, you just don't. Like, I don't have a lot more guidance to tell you other than the word no just means, oh, okay, I have to find another way. (laughs) So it doesn't mean, it never means no. And they said, well, how do you find a job? You show up at someone's, if they don't respond to your email, show up at their door. If they didn't do that, send them a present. Like, whatever it is, get in front of them. All your goal is to get your foot in the door. Communicative. I like to tell stories. I like to talk. I believe that we can get through anything by conversating about it and understanding each other. I wish we did more of that in the world we lived in right now. Includer, meaning I think everybody deserves a seat at the table, doesn't mean we all have the right answers, but let's make sure we have all the viewpoints that we need to have, which helps me cross-functionally completely. And then activator, meaning I don't want to talk about it. Like, let's just do it. I don't want to bang our heads against the wall. And I joke that my mom growing up, very Midwest house, she'd always say we'd be getting ready and she'd go, if we're going, let's go. 
get in the car. Let's we're if we're going, let's go. And that's how I believe everything is cool. We can continue to talk about this and talk about all the ways this could go awry. Or we could just try it. What's the worst that could happen? It goes awry and then we move on. But closely there under there is competitiveness, which I think has aided me well too. And I do find myself, if someone's, I don't like that. And I was like, oh, challenge accepted. Okay, cool. Which has helped me in my career as well. Yeah. Great self-awareness there. You rattled (laughs) them all off. We sound pretty similar, actually. (laughs) The things that I don't have are like- I know you. (laughs) A tiny detail-orientedness. If someone were like, can you spell check all these words? I am still like I before E. And that's the same with like beer before liquor. I'm like, is that how it's said? I can't remember. I need to go Google it. Those are the little details. Like I'm never going to be that person. Cool. So what are you saying no to in the industry right now and at Del Taco? What challenge are you trying to take on? Oh man, I think for sure, like the understanding our customer and our CRM. So it used to be that you'd go in and someone would go, let me tell you about our persona data. And persona would be like, and this is Catherine and Catherine eats tacos, right? And this is what all your customers look like. And I really struggle with that. And I think in the restaurant industry that still exists, like I still think that exists out there. And they're like, yeah, no, our core customer is Bob. And like you walk in and this isn't at Del Taco, but I've walked into companies before and they're like, that's the cartoon picture of what our customer looks like. And you're like, oh my God, really? Oh yeah, Uh, we marketing Mary and technology Tom and (laughs) yeah. It's it's like, oh, it hurts my heart. We have all this data. So understanding it. I also think I've been to enough enough restaurant conferences that like people still say the words big data and it still makes me cry on the inside because I'm like, it's like the fastest way to lose credit with me is if someone's, hey, can we talk about your big data strategy? And I'm like, no, we can't. Why is that? Why is that? Because you just have data, right? Because you have data. And like, when did it get bigger? When did it get larger? What happened over time? So to me, in our industry specifically, now people don't like in hotels, they like sleep with us. They sleep in our hotels and like you have a little more data. But in the restaurant industry, we have data, but we already don't use the data we have. Let's start there before we have to go heighten it oh, to a whole nother 100%. level. And I do think depending on where, again, this isn't Del Tago because I'm not, I'm still only five weeks in, but depending on where the data resides, right? Like you talk to different departments and they'll be like, oh yeah, I have this data. And I'm like, oh, cool. What do you have? Oh, I have this data. And everybody has a deck of cards, but nobody's put their cards together to see how they match up. So I'm excited for what the future holds because I think there's opportunity there. Again, I'm still in the exploration phase of the current gig. All right. Okay. You threw it out there. You threw the D word out there, data. We got to talk about it some more because (laughs) there is a lot of data out there. Mm -hmm. 100% agree. Need to use the data that we're collecting. Agree pretty much with you too on the personalization thing. We've been talking about personalized marketing for like 10 years and yet in every industry, by the way, Mm -hmm. I've been in the restaurant industry just a year and a half. So most of my career was in B2B tech where we did make personas and we could do some personalized marketing. But truly, personalized marketing, no one's really doing it. It's hard. It's really hard. And so I like your sort of, your philosophy is, to me, it's like baby steps. Let's just start using the data we have. Let's just start by trying to segment our people. And yeah, if we can give them different offers and we're able to follow the data down the track of the different offers to see what they actually did and then adjust and improve and make more money, great. But that's not easy. But But it comes from the same idea of if we're going, let's go. Like I always say, you have to start somewhere to get somewhere. And if we sit around and talk about it or we have to go, if the decision is, hey, we're not spending money on it now, but we're now we're going to spend $100,000 on it. Is there like a spot in the middle where like we could test it at, right? Does it have to be all or nothing? And I don't think it has to be. I think there is a crawl, walk, run approach. Yeah, yeah. So what are all the different types of data that are available now? Oh, I don't think there is an end to it. I think you can almost see anything. I remember sitting and talking, oh, when I lived in Dallas and we talked a lot about probabilistic and deterministic data. And I still think there's, when you talk to people about what's the difference and then what happens is you have marketers who just take it at, face value and go, oh, it's deterministic data. So it's fine. I was like, based on what? How many matches? How do you know? Who's in the house? We still are talking about householding and the data inside of the house and who's doing what. I still hear conversations about fingerprinting versus cookies. What if cookies go away? I do think there's going to be a heavier focus on owning your own first party data. Finally, as cookies start to disappear, I think that there's obviously the appends. And I always joke that there's a lot of people with the same name out there and they try and target it in. And like my friend and his dad have the same first and last name. One's junior. And so he gets all his mail from like the cancer societies. And I'm like, oh, I think this is for your dad. That's so weird. Like, I still think there's ways that appends go wrong. Household income, all of that. But again, if you're not going to do anything with it, 
doesn't matter, right? Like you have to figure out what the data is that matters to you. Geodata, important. How fast is that geodata refresh? And part of that is because the moment of consideration, the moment where someone goes, maybe I want to eat something and the moment of truth are now on top of each other, right? There's no longer the like, hey, what do you think about going to dinner next week? And like, now I have a week to persuade you to come to my restaurant. Now it's, hey, I want tacos. Hey, I'm going to eat tacos. And it's like that fast. And so being able to have truly real-time data and a lot of times people, vendors, et cetera, they'll say, our data is real-time. What does that mean? And they're like, it's real. I was like, no, but like, what does that mean? And they go, well, it's like within seconds. Oh, okay. Now we're getting there. How many seconds? Is it a millisecond? Is it actually refreshing every 15 minutes? In which case I've lost my window. That could have been my moment of consideration, a moment of truth within 15 minutes. So again, there's any type of data you could possibly want out there. It's funny because people, to take it at a very high level approach, people don't realize what's on the internet about themselves. Nobody seems to understand that. And so they might think their Facebook's pretty secure, but their wife's Facebook isn't secure or their, so now I get into that and now I match that up to their LinkedIn. I know their whole story all because it's on the internet. And so being the same aware of how you pair that data together to tell the true story. I saw the movie, The Social Dilemma. Oh, have you seen it yet? Oh, you got to see that. Talk about data and not owning your own data. Yeah. It's scary, actually. Yeah. I, many, many years ago, had my identity stolen. And after that, like, I've now geeked out probably more than most on data and what's out Mm -hmm. there about each of us. It's very scary. Yeah, I need to be more careful. Until we own our own data, Mm -hmm. like you said it's going to be ugly. I would tell you, IT has been telling us for 20 years to like make sure our password's 26 characters with hieroglyphics in it. And I still am the person that like, if someone asked me, I'm like, well, they're like, what's your password? Like at my last gig. And I said, it's password. And the IT guy just looked at me and I was like, one, (laughs) two, three. And he just (laughs) stared at me. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I never changed it. And like, that is like the worst thing you could ever tell technology. You got password (laughs) shame. Totally. So in the restaurant industry, I hear a lot of talk about, okay, so the POS people have the transactional data, or maybe it's even beyond that. The world pays of the world or whoever has the transactional data. And then there's the guest data, which typically the loyalty people have, or if you have a CRM, maybe you've got Mm -hmm. your own guest. And then you've bolted on all these other services, whether it's IP inside the shop and geolocation and drive through. And so there's all this other data. So at a very macro level, how are you looking at that data? Well, you have to bring it into like a CDP, right? You have to actually bring it all together. Uh And that's the problem is most companies are struggling to do that. But it's interesting because more and more you hear of some of the big brand restaurants that are pulling in license plate data and things like that, which starts to get, it starts to make you, oh, is that allowed, right? Credit card data, but like then it has to be anonymized. So are we sure that it's matching up 100%? And so there are, as fast as we're running, the rules are changing at the same speed, right? There is something to be said about data security and being good stewards of the brand and good stewards of our sport. Now, I will tell you that each one of these things doesn't make it harder. Yeah, they do studies and people say they want personalized experiences. If I told you I like something, I want you to tell me what I like and why I like it. But I also think there's, I don't want to say bad people out there, but bad people out there, bad companies out there that use the data for the wrong reasons. Like I was listening to something the other day where the guys was basically teaching direct sales or like the old pyramid scheme type company folks, how yeah. to target everybody on social media based on their birthday. Mm -hmm. And okay, I'm smart enough to know that's why I'm seeing the ad. But many people aren't. Many people Mm -hmm. don't have that knowledge. So they're just like, how'd this company know it was my birthday? And they don't realize it's because it's on Facebook. Like, of course they know it's your birthday and they can target you based off of it. Or your anniversary with your significant other. Like, just be aware of what is out there about you. Mm -hmm. And then don't fall into the trap, right? Life insurance salespeople. And I love life insurance salespeople. I'm sure they're all wonderful people. I feel like I have to give disclaimers so I don't get hate mail after this. But they might target you because you just had your 60th birthday and they want to make sure you're insured. And like, we just need to make sure that our data and our data security is top of mind. And so like for us, that's really important how we look at it. And it's not looking at just, let's just target them based on things they don't even realize they put out there. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about some of the fun campaigns that are going on at Del Taco. The taco campaigns. Yeah, we just launched one this week. So Crispy, he is a singer. 
and sings lots of different types of music in our new video, which you can find. He has his own Facebook page and Instagram, and you can go to Del Taco and see actually his background, like where he grew up and everything. He did an old school rock song uh, about crispy chicken recently in Cholula, and it's pretty amazing. Like opening for Def Leppard type feel, which is fun. No, a little bit of both. A little bit of both, actually. Yeah, influencer might not be the wrong word. He's definitely influential and a lot of fun. And he will catch your attention when you see that commercial on TV. Like, there's no way to look away. But our current promotion is our Cholula products and Cholula crispy tacos are delicious. And I know we have a lot more coming up. Crispy chicken rolling out earlier this year was outstanding as well. And again, that wasn't something we had before. So our culinary department is outstanding and the things they come up with just blow your mind. And I watched, so because I live separate from the corporate office, they had a couple people socially distanced in to do a taste test and I watched it and I was so hungry. Our chef rolls up these tacos. They look so beautiful. Like I've never wanted it more in my life. My brother-in-law is texting me pictures last night of a Del Taco bag because he lives in Vegas. And just I was like, can't wait. We have to bring him to Wisconsin soon. Awesome. Do you have any in Wisconsin? We don't yet. So hopefully soon. Yeah, Yeah. I know. Open one down the street. (laughs) No, we have them in Michigan. I said, well, someday I'll take a road trip. Yeah. Yeah. So are you responsible on the campaigns for tracking the ROI and measuring the results? Yes and no. So it's a little bit of both right now. I think eventually the answer might be yes. But right now, because my job is really to understand my job currently in the first five weeks, but we have dug into analytics a lot just in the last couple of weeks of like, I want just to understand the data and understand where everything is. Our campaigns, we look at everything. We were like any restaurant product mix, how things selling, traction, within a geo-targeted buy store, right? Like maybe a flavor and this wing step was very similar. A flavor might not do well in these stores, but it might do well across the country in these stores, which is really interesting. Also based on weather and seasonality. So when do you want wings? You want wings, if it's raining, it might actually do really well because you don't want to deal with cooking or any of that. Like you just want to have wings and other different seasonalities, football games, et cetera. I believe that like tacos have an entire day. We get a whole day of the week. On National Taco Day, I was like, cool, one more reason to eat tacos. Not that I ever need an extra reason to eat tacos. And we sell Fiesta packs, which are like big packs of tacos. You can get, or the burgers or any of those. And those are great for like your Sunday game days or like your family gatherings. They're just easy. And nobody's going to be upset that you brought tacos. No one's ever (laughs) upset about tacos. No. Crispy is my Because they're simple, right? Like they're so simple that like people can add sauce or you can get different flavors. Like it just is a simple thing that you really can't go wrong. And we have Beyond Meat tacos, which are like, I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan, but from what I hear, people rave about them and they specifically love the Beyond Meat product. So you're five weeks in, mm-hmm. brand spanking new, really. And there's a lot going on in the world, mm-hmm. clearly. How has it been for Del Taco during the pandemic? You know who you should ask this to when <laughs> you have torchies on? You should talk to them about the time Barack Obama was on stage and talked about torchy tacos. That must have been the best time of their life. Like we yeah. were in Austin. President Obama had come in for something. He was sitting on stage. He's like, I just had torchy tacos. And like, I guarantee that brand fell off their chair. Like they're probably like, oh my God, yeah. what did he say? Now, if only one of our candidates showed up with Del Taco, that would just be outstanding. But we are handling it really well, actually, because QSR Plus, Fast Casual, these guys, these verticals are doing very well in a pandemic because guess what? You can go through a drive through We have curbside. We have those abilities to do things where it's limited contact or no contact. We already had the technology within the app to order. So again, no contact, no cash changing hands. When with unemployment going up, people have less money. They're going to turn to lower cost items. We have 17 items on our dollar menu, right? So there's so many things that help us during something like this, which is sad to say. But at the same time, we're built to assist people during something like this while casual dining, fine dining is a whole nother story. It's hard. Like Milwaukee, our governor changed from, I think we're up to 75% occupancy in restaurants to 25, back down to 25 because yeah, it's funny. Our local news doesn't really report on the spike in Wisconsin, but I had a call from someone who was like, you guys are all over the news. Like your state is red right now. I was like, it is. I had no idea, but we've personally, like if you don't turn on the TV, sometimes you miss the news. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, we've really stayed inside. So I yeah, think yeah. sometimes things happen outside that I am not aware of. 
But from a restaurant perspective, the sky's the limit, right? Like we have been able to keep going. The team has been able to pivot so fast too. Like they've Mm -hmm. been able to go, all right, we need to do more curbsides. Maybe we can't have our dining rooms open. We need to speed up our drive-through, right? Like there's so many different ways that they've been able to increase efficiency through the operationalization of the experience versus that I, I just don't think other restaurants have that ability necessarily. But I'm sure all these guys are doing really well right now because that's what you need is a frictionless delivery. We work with the delivery service providers, right? Whether it's Uber Eats, Postmates, whatever, to make sure that however you want our food, we're going to make sure you get it the way you want it. And that's important to us. Yeah, we're absolutely right. And QSRs clearly are well ahead given when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Having the drive through already having contactless, most of them already had delivery or online ordering. And yet that's considered innovative for other brands because they didn't have any of that yeah. stuff. And like so, you, you said you got in the car and you drove to get tacos two and a half hours. That's people's entertainment right now. Like, right. what else do you have to do? You're like, you want me to go to the drive-thru and get this? And you're like, can I come? It'll be fun. Yeah. We could go together. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. So like that is our form of entertainment currently. Sad or not, it's actually, I jokingly say like my family's closer than it's ever been because we've yeah. spent a lot of time together recently. Yeah. Food's always my entertainment. I love food. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do too. All the time. <laughs> I always entertain myself with food. But what does innovation mean to you today? I called this podcast Restaurants Reinvented because I see, I looked all around. I said, okay, restaurants now, they got to reinvent themselves. What does that mean for Del Taco? What do you think is truly going to be the innovative thing to come next? Oh man, one thing. I don't know if I have an answer to that. I do think that So for years and years, we talk about the right place, the right message to the right Mm -hmm. person at the right time. I hear that all the time. And usually it's on a slide deck where someone across the top of the slides like, right person, right place. And you're like, okay. I still think if that's the goal, if our goal is to make sure our customer receives what they want, when they want it, where they want it, we have a long way to go. I think that we are getting there. And I think the next stage of innovation is doing all those things. We've talked a lot about voice. We've talked a lot about all these things, but like really tying it together to allow all these things to happen so that you can have it the way you want it when you want it. I've still, not just at Del Taco, at other brands, I've talked to people who are like, we have a website. Why would we need that? And I'm like, because somebody might not want to go to your website. They might Mm -hmm. want to get the information before they get to your website. And there's this idea sometimes on business owners' mind that a one-stop shop is good enough, right? Like, I don't need that because I'm good enough that if they want me, they'll come find me. And that does happen occasionally, right? Like you do have those like crazy, amazing restaurants in like New York City that just did well and they have nothing or like their website is a question mark and you're like, oh, I want to go because it's a question mark. But that's not the norm. Normally, you do have to tell people where you are and what you're doing. And the more places you can do that, the better. I do think that it's a constantly ever-changing landscape. So I keep a close eye on what Amazon and Google are doing and what they're innovating and testing. It starts to tell you what's going to happen. Although four or five years ago, we were already talking about when are drones going to deliver your... Like I think they did a test with Chipotle to drone delivery and we still don't have that's not mass happening yet i still think it's a way off but like innovative wise it's not good enough just to create something new you have to create something new it has to not be cost prohibitive and you have to have buy-in to it so i hope it is drones delivering our food i hope it is not having to like for instance if postmates or one of these delivery service providers i don't want to just say postmates any of them don't have drivers you can't get your food delivered. Mm -hmm. So how do we make it so that isn't an issue anymore? We've been talking about driverless cars for years. Do they exist in some places? Yes. When will that become prolific to the point where like your food comes and nobody's in the front seat? I don't know. I don't know when that'll happen. Those are things that I think are going to be the next step of innovation for us. The other thing too is because we've been in the pandemic... Or what feels like eternity. I've had to order food. And so like all three of my kids like three different things. And so at first I was like, no, we're having this. And you either like it or you don't. Like I'm totally that mom. And then I was like, why? Like, why can't I go through an Uber Eats and put a taco from Del Taco in my cart and a burger from Hardee's or Carl's Jr. in my cart and check out in one experience? Like, Why can't I? And then it figures out the math on the back end. I can go through now and do the whole process for Chipotle And then I can go through and do the whole process for Wingstop, but I have to do it separately. If you really want to be innovative, make it so that as a family unit, and this is me talking as a customer, I can put 
something from different brands into my cart and they add the appropriate fees and everything, but make it easy on me yeah. and to feed my family without having to say, I only can do wings, right? Because right. guess what? The littlest one, he'll eat wings, but he'd probably rather have a taco. Right. We've talked about that here, actually, being able to do that. What would it take to do something like that? And I'm still pushing for, I, I mean, you alluded to this, like the unified experience, like unify the experience. I still don't really truly believe, like you just said, the experience is for the guest, right? Yep. There's a lot of fragmentation and breakpoints in a lot of my ordering experiences. And even if it's pickup, curbside, some brands haven't nailed. There's a few of those Gold Star Chick-fil-A's out there, right? That really have done well. Mm -hmm. But there are so many breakpoints right now. And I don't always feel like it's consumer driven, yeah. right? It's, no, it's, it's not. Yeah. I spent years trying to figure out how to order my drink digitally for Starbucks. And that's a yeah. massive brand that should have this figured out. But I want two Splendas. Why isn't there a spot where I can say that? Right. So I could never order it through digital. And they kept sending me offers saying mobile order and you'll get 50 more stars. It's not worth it because I would never be able to order the drink I order. Yeah. And there's a no, company that's invested in now. billions know. of dollars in their technology. Totally. Right? And that's why I say if they can't do it, let's watch the big guys. There's something to be said for being fast and nimble if we can do it on a smaller scale. But if they haven't figured it out, the chances are that like your mom and pop restaurant is probably not going to be able to figure it out either. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest challenge facing marketers is today, restaurant marketers? Where to spend their time, where to spend their time, right? It's funny, I think everything needs marketing, right? Whether it's HR and hiring, if they're trying to hire, they're like, how do we brand our hiring? If it's selling franchisees, not in our case yet, I don't know, but in everywhere else I've been, whether it's rolling out a new, like at Marcus, it was a new hotel or a new restaurant that was coming online. How are we making sure the ongoing CRM is done appropriately and building out the data acquisition for that? So I think that it's prioritizing where do you spend your time as a marketer? Because there is not one department that doesn't need your attention and need yeah. your time. And because of that, I think you said it perfectly when you said sometimes we don't look at the customer needs. We're thinking about our business. I think sometimes it gets easy as a marketer to go, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What does the customer want? What yeah. are we doing? Why are we doing this? Like why? Okay. That's important to you. That's important to you. What's truly important to the customer? hundred percent. And what is the biggest opportunity today for marketers? Figuring out a solution that truly lets you track ROI through every touch point, right? There's multi-touch attribution for certain things. Now, again, you get into data and what you're allowed to follow and not follow. But like that, I think is such a huge opportunity that if we could truly figure that out, start to finish, Ideally, that's getting inside of a true consumer's brain. That would be amazing. And be able to track that back and go, all right, they thought it all the way through. I saw something Expedia did where you, and this, I don't know, this is two years ago now, where they were following your emotions. They Ooh. connected. And when you looked and read different things on the website, what emotion it gave you, even micro emotions. And it was really interesting. And they were using that for their studies of what works where in the travel Wow. Segment. And I thought, how amazing is that? Because I think when I, I might not smile when I see a taco, I mean, I do now, but like if it comes across my screen, does it release a micro emotion of that seems good? Yes. Okay. What does one taco do that better than another? I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm totally like guessing, but like what a great opportunity if I could actually feel that at CES yeah. a couple years ago, they controlled your appendages without you just through neuro like you think something and then your arm moves and they connected it and then they study how it moves and how your brain waves are connecting them if we could actually start to get inside of people's brains and understand what they don't even realize because what someone says and what someone does are completely different and we know that but if we could actually start to understand what creates that little tweak that little oh right. cholula on a taco does do that but I put this on the taco and that doesn't do that for you. And it just, it's so slight. It's so minute, but it's so much that it can move the needle financially. They don't realize it, but it made them actually buy something. That is exciting. Yeah. Eliciting that response. That is a big part of the brand and marketing is, are we eliciting positive or negative response? Sometimes a negative response elicits a different response. Right. Than, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. So or if someone says, oh, I want to eat that because it's too many calories. Okay. Well, if you didn't know the calories, would you eat it? Or because yeah. again, someone says something, but guess what? I bet you ate it last night. Yeah. So what someone says, what someone does, completely different. I'm curious. So when you were talking about that earlier, just a couple minutes ago, they see a certain taco. Oh, that's the taco I want. 
Are you able to track how long it takes them to make the purchase like throughout the process? Do you have that data? Uh, or? Through website data and stuff, I'm guarantee yeah. you can see from the time someone gets there, to the, the time they spent on site to the time they go through. Anyone can yeah. see that for any brand yeah. if tagged appropriately. Absolutely. But again, it goes back to, I truly believe if someone gets to your website, they probably know what they want. Like yeah. they know why they're there. And I joke, I said, I don't go to McDonald's website to be like, what kind of cheeseburgers do they have now? I just wanted to like, see if they changed it up at all. Like I'm just researching. No, I don't do that. If I go there, it's, Hey, I want to order. Or I wanted to see if the shamrock shake has been added to the menu yet. Something very simple or, and like someone said, cause they need to find a location. Not necessarily. A lot of times you can find that with actually going to the website, you just type in McDonald's near me and it's sort order on your Google. So you just click the web directions. You never needed to go to the website in the first place. I think if someone gets there, they're looking for something very specific. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wind down here, what advice? I always ask this question. What is the advice you would give to someone new in restaurant marketing, someone who's been in marketing a long time? What is the most valuable piece of advice you would give someone today? Ask lots of questions, focus on the consumer, right? And I say ask lots of questions because there are a lot of people out there who try and not take advantage. That's the wrong word, but understand what they're selling necessarily. Mm. And so push back. If you don't understand how they got their data or it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So keep Mm. asking those questions. How did you get the data? How did you do it? And make friends in the industry. So I have a lot of friends that I call and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are you doing that? Because it is a small world. Like it's just a small world. Like we all know each other and that's for every hospitality was the same. Retail was the same. We all knew each other. make friends so you can share ideas and iterate. None of us are doing anything that's hidden in a silo. Yeah. Yes. Test it or roll it out. Just call the person. Don't be like, look what they're doing. I'm just feeling I'm going to call my friend over there and see what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. That's great advice. What was the best career advice you were ever given? So when I worked in Vegas, it's still the best advice. I was the only woman on an executive table of all men and except for our general counsel, who was a woman. And she pulled me aside one day. She was also very scary. She pulled me aside and you assume if legal wants to talk to you, like what I do. And she goes, I just want to tell you that people are going to keep calling you a bitch. They're going to call you a bitch for a long time. Do not change anything that you do. It is because you are a woman. It is because you are a direct and it's because you know what you want. You have a seat at the table. Take your seat at the table. And to me, that was like petrifying at the time. But looking back, it's the best advice. And I was on a call the other day where a guy said, I love your direct approach. And I was like, huh, would you have said that to a man? That's interesting. Okay. But it's the best advice I really have received, which is don't worry about what others are saying about you. Take your seat at the table. Speak your mind. You actually gave me goosies there for a second. That is such great advice. Own it. You're talking about owning it. Own who you Mm -hmm. are. Don't make excuses for who you are. Just own who you are. I remember when someone showed me the video. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was Amy. Dang, I'm going to forget her name now. The comedian. And it was these three women on a panel. And they kept apologizing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All over each other. Oh, I did. Yes, yes, yes. You remember that? Mm -hmm. It was like eight years ago, the thing was going viral. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Amy Schumer. Amy yeah, Schumer. Yeah, yeah. The comedian. But it's so true. So many women do that. We just over a pot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so there dang, was a panel in the restaurant industry, not long. Uh, I don't know. It's probably been five or six yeah. years where a woman on a panel with executive men had to say, I need you to stop mansplaining and I need you to stop interrupting me. Yeah. And it does. And it happens quite frequently and more so than it should. Yeah. Which once is more so than it should. And so being able to like, I found that you just call it out. You just have to say, Hey, that's not okay. Like I had a guy once that always referred to me as his girl. And I was like, okay, are you my boy? And he's like, no. And I was like, then don't call me your girl. That's not how this works. So being able to just call it for what it is. Don't let it hurt you. Just, Hey, not okay. Moving on. Right. Yeah. No, you didn't mean it. Just fix it. So we don't deal with it again. Dang, girl, you got the goods. You got the goods. <laughs> there, I just called you girl, see? Hmm. <laughs> when you say it. <laughs> so I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do at Del Taco. I'm so glad you made it back to our industry, to the restaurant industry. And we need you. We need you. We need to be having these data conversations. It's so important. Tying it all together, the integration that I know you're going to be working on. I know you're speaking at Fast Casual. I am coming up. Yes. I got a note saying, oh, I'm glad you're back in the restaurant industry. (laughs) 
Okay. See? See? We right all are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When is that? Next week sometime. Okay. I, like, I can only look at my calendar like the day before. Other In the middle of the move. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. So before we wrap, I like to give my guests like a quick infomercial time. Yes, I'm old school infomercial. Like anything you want to throw out there, promote for your company, for the team, any nonprofits you're working with. I saw you have a whole like swag shop online, which is pretty cool. We do. It's so cool. Our <laughs> t-shirts like say for the Dell and you can yeah. actually buy our sauce online. It's so cool. Like I'm totally geeked out over it now that yeah. I've joined. But no, our tacos, they're really made fresh. Like it's crazy in the QSR space to think about. And like our guacamole is sliced and created in the restaurant every day. Also unheard of in the QSR space, right? Dare to say maybe better than Chipotle's. Actually, it is. It is better than like, but I was trying to be nice. And tomatoes or no tomatoes in your guac? I think there are tomatoes. Okay. I've never actually made a note, like note of that or noticed it, but (laughs) it is so good. And all of our food, like people, we have epic burritos, which I just like the name because like anything epic sounds great to me. Our food is fantastic. And even people are like, people buy burgers there. No, it's actually really good. And get the loaded fries and just try it. And you'd be pleasantly surprised. Like my brother-in-law was like, I eat it at least twice a month. And I was like, yes, like, yes, I love that. And after I updated my LinkedIn, I had all these people who I've known through my tours through the US go, oh my gosh, I love Del Taco. Oh my gosh, I love, like nice. you become a fanatic for it, which is great. So I would encourage people to try it, download the app, get the offers and just come see us soon. Dang, as soon as I can get on an airplane, I'll be there, <laughs> right? <laughs> I have about 10, 15 restaurants to visit now because <laughs> I've got a bunch of people that are like West Coast brands only. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, as soon as I can get on an airplane, I will be there. So Aaron Levzo. Thank you so much for joining me. All the best to you and Del Taco. Everyone go buy that Del Taco. Get the the app. Get the free tacos Mm -hmm. if you can. And all my best to you. Thanks for joining us today. Everyone go buy that Del Taco. Get the app. Get the free tacos Mm -hmm. if you can. And all my best to you. Thanks for joining us today. The Restaurants Reinvented podcast is brought to you by Q a restaurant technology company going beyond POS to create unified food experiences for fast, casual, and quick service restaurants. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. It really helps us improve the show and bring the restaurant marketing community together. Thanks for listening.